0: Welcome. Glad you are here. This is uh, this is first Wednesday of the month, so that means that we are having a healing service tonight. So like I like to say sometimes, if you have a body, this is relevant to you. <laughs> if you don't, we don't even know you're here. And so we're going to get, get right to business, uh, in just a moment, want to, uh, take a moment and we're going to, uh, receive our, 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 tithes and offerings and so forth. Also, if you're here with us and you're, you're new at life church, we're so glad you came. Uh, in fact, on your way out today in the lobby, we have a, have a special gift for you and, uh, by you making it to a Wednesday night service, you're extra special anyway because we don't even hardly promote this one. And, uh, and if you're here, we're so glad you came, though, and, uh, and uh, want to connect with you, give you a gift on the way out. L- uh, let's go ahead and receive our tithes and offerings for tonight. If you, if you are giving, then uh, get that ready. Good deal. We have our screen. Got different, uh, different ways you can do that and give. And uh, that will be great. I want to take a moment while you're getting that ready uh, we have at least a couple uh, visiting pastors in the house tonight that I can see anyway uh, pastor Keith Kerber from Alaska so yeah. Yeah. and 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 David pastor David moxie and uh, great and uh, uh, and then the, the Tobins right over here wave your hands they're from they're from Spokane and uh, and uh, we have a bunch of folks coming in tomorrow for our, our church growth collaboration event. And uh, and some of them made it in. I don't know if there may be others. And if you're here, welcome. Glad you're here. And I don't know you. And <laughs> or don't see you. Or, or see you. Or one of the two. And uh, we're always blessed to have uh, uh, fellow laborers in our midst. We honor you and your labors and your work for the kingdom. And, uh, and so we're just going to... Do our normal first Wednesday of the month stuff now. Ready? Praise God. Let's pray over the offering. We didn't do that yet, huh? All right, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this opportunity to give. We do so with joy and gladness and thanksgiving in our hearts for all that you have done for us. You've provided abundantly. Praise God. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. We trust you now for increase more and more in every life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Well, uh, good deal. Good deal. While while we're doing that, we'll go ahead and get right into business. Everybody ready for it? If you do have a Bible with you or a Bible app or uh, you have the scriptures memorized, pull up in your mental library Luke chapter 13. Luke the 13th chapter. Now, uh, this, like I mentioned is a healing service, and so we have an objective, and that is to get people healed, okay? If you have problems in your body, then you are in the right place at the right time. If it was on purpose, good for you, you probably came already expecting and anticipating that God would move in your life, and you'd be correct in that. If you stumbled in here by accident and said, I don't even know what a healing service is. I don't even know if I know or if I believe in that healing stuff. Well, good news is most of us already do. So you're in, a good, you're in good company. You know, what I, you know what I'm saying? If you need something and you're surrounded by people who don't believe in what you need, it <laughs> stinks to be you. Right? But if you, if you need something and you happen to stumble upon a group that believes in it and walks in it and practices it, well, you're just a step ahead. Amen. And so, uh, and so tonight we're going to minister to those who have problems in their body and, and you'll, you'll be healed. You'll be healed. So you can't say that. How can you just say that? How do you know what God's going to do? Well, I studied it out. So w- what do you mean? We have, a, we have a book that we refer to as the Bible. Contained in it is a bunch of stuff that God did and God said. And I've been diligent to, to read it and to study it and to compare with this part with this part and look at different things. I don't mean I know all of it, but I found this out and I know this 100%. Without hesitation, without a doubt, God wants you to be well. Now, you don't have to take me at my word, but in case you, you know, want to just start going that way with me, might want to. Uh, I'm convinced, and it's absolutely true. And because of that belief, it has led me to pray aggressively, to pray assertively, to speak boldly and confidently in, into and over people's lives and over their bodies. The results have been nothing short of God. Really, just tumors disappearing, you know, all kinds of physical problems leaving right before my eyes, people being set free many, many times over the years. I mean, I couldn't count them. And so, you know, I don't know, I'm not a rocket scientist, but I can do simple math. You find out what God's will is, you act on it, and it works. I'm going to keep doing that. And that's what we do, that's why we have these services. Maybe you've been a part of, of, you know, religious circles or church gatherings, and, you know, they didn't ever talk about this. Well, you know this, they, they skipped a whole bunch of scriptures. I mean, they had, they had to skip a whole bunch of parts of the Bible to leave this subject out. And so if it's new to you, uh, you know, no big deal, it was new to me once. Amen? Hey, I, didn't, I, I, was, I was acknowledging pastors, and I forgot these guys are right here too. Uh, Blaine and Molly, they're here a lot. Uh, uh, but, they're, but uh, you know, i look right over you guys, and, you know, they do church in the dirt. And uh, how's your shoes? There, man, get the carpets cleaned again. <laughs> and uh, anyway, we honor you guys too but you interrupted my message. Uh, Jesus demonstrated his earthly ministry um, that in his earthly ministry when he was walking on the earth that it was the will of God for all people to be healed physically. If you just read what he did, you would conclude that because he didn't, he didn't exclude people. He, no one came to him and he said, No, not you, man. No, not this. it's not your time. It's not God's will. It, n- none of that ever came out of his mouth. All right, and so he demonstrated that God wants people well, and uh, those who who were physically afflicted, basically that was happening outside of God's will. All right, that's still the way it's still the way it is today. He was here to demonstrate God's love and will in people's lives. Uh, Hear that he he was here to demonstrate it. In other words, before Jesus ever showed up. God's will and His love towards people was the same. It didn't change when Jesus showed up. Before that, He loved them. Before that, He wanted them well. But there wasn't anyone physically with their feet on the planet who could demonstrate it. There was no one who could take the will and power and love of God and put it into action to where demons would go out and... Lame people would walk. No one was there to enforce it. So Jesus basically came then as a manifestation of God's will walking around amongst people. And he would speak God's words, God's thoughts. He would give them a heavenly perspective. And then he would work heaven's will. What God wanted to do, his desire, Jesus was was walking evidence and living proof of it. And so he demonstrated what God wanted. There, there is God's will, and then there is the need to execute that will. Do you understand that they, you can have the will of God, but no executor of it. Of course, say, well, what's the will? Well, the will of God is what he wants, and that's all the time. That, that's on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. It, it's every day, but not always is someone executing that will or taking what he wants to be done and making it happen. That's why when it comes to the ministry of Jesus, finally, now don't get me wrong, there were prophets here and there that could do a few things, but it was so scattered and so sparse. But finally someone could show up and bring the full manifestation of God's will to individuals. Here's the point I'm endeavoring to get across to you. God didn't change because Jesus showed up. There was just someone there to make it happen. Okay? This is going to end and it'll work for us because you'll see where we're going. Some of you already know where we're going. Uh, But did you find Luke 13? This is just a simple example of this. Uh, In Luke 13 and and reading in verse 10, it reads, uh, Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Go ahead and put the whole text up if you would. Uh, for those who are new with us today. Teaching in, uh, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. And was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. So he spoke to her, and he laid his hands on her. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So she had this spine kind of issue where there was a spirit of infirmity there, bent over. Uh, And verse 14, but the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days... On which men ought to work, therefore come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath. How many think he was having a healing meeting the next day? And he was just a little bit ticked that Jesus was getting all the action. Because he wanted everyone to be healed the next day. Is that right? No. No. And that's not what people are, are arguing today if they come against someone praying for the sick and ministering healing. They're not saying, well, you're just doing it on the wrong day. They're, they're basically saying it's never going to happen. And that's what this guy's doing. Complaining about the day you're doing it. Serious. All right. Verse 15. The, uh, the Lord then answered and said, hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away? Uh, to water it. So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound? So you can see spirit of infirmity, Jesus interpreted that as Satan. He's saying the same thing. Bent over is a spirit of infirmity and is Satan, is the bondage of Satan. Think of it, for 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. Okay, so here's what Jesus is saying. This woman has had this 18-year problem, and it's never been right. It's never supposed to have been that way. It was never the will of God, but she was bent over for 18 years, right? Say, why didn't God heal her at least 17 years ago? Well... Because the will of God is not always going to happen unless there's someone to execute it. Someone has got to be there to do the woman you are loosed and go, boom! And there wasn't anyone doing that. And she didn't know how to access the will of God for herself. So what are you going to do? You're subject to whatever the medical doctors of the day can do. And it's, you know, limited in all ages. But she's bent over like that. God didn't want her to be that way. She was a daughter of Abraham. She's part of the covenant children of, of Israel. She's not supposed to be bent over. Yet she is. But how many know mo- most people uh, nowadays they look at that and you say, Wow, well, so, you just got to trust the Lord. You just got to trust that God's doing whatever he wants to do. And, and uh, that this is somehow his will. People say these things. What's some, uh, You ever get your theology from memes? They're really bad. Uh, But people will say, people will write things like, there's a purpose for your pain. Yeah, to ruin your life. To make you miserable. That's the reason for your pain? You looking for a divine, heavenly, sovereign purpose? There's not one. It's the enemy trying to get you to embrace it instead of resist it. If you think it's God, I guess you'll submit. Amen. Amen. And after all, really, if it was the will of God anyway, you shouldn't even try to get out of it. I mean, if someone really thought, well, God put this, this spirit of infirmity on me. I'm bent over and can't. God did that to me for some higher purpose. Well, you better not go to the chiropractor or any other kind of doctor because you'd be fighting against the will of God. But if it's not the will of God, then we're just looking for an executor. We're looking for someone to come in and say, be loosed. And boom, put your hands on them. But there was no one all these years, daughter of Abraham, got a covenant with almighty God himself, and she's a mess. And this is true today for people that Jesus died for. He shed his blood. He gave his life. He took a serious beating. The Bible says it's by his stripes that were healed. He did that, and so many people are still bent over. Man, why am I like this? Why am I like this? Because someone needs to pull the trigger. (laughs) You know what I mean? And and push the button, turn the knob, (laughs) pull the lever, whatever. They, They need to take what God has provided, what Jesus wants to happen, and say, right here, right now, be loosed. It's time to stand up. That's how it works. Everybody okay? So someone said, well, why could Jesus do that? Uh, you might get a typical response or little thinking. Someone will say, "Well, because well, Jesus was God," and uh, but that's really not why. Because Jesus didn't didn't go around doing these things as God. Because uh, he laid aside his God abilities when he came to Earth as a man. He set them aside and he functioned basically just like we do. Say, how could Jesus do this? How could he tell this spirit of infirmity to 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 leave this woman? How was he able to do this it 's because Jesus was uh, ref- let me say let me just give you the verse you don 't need to turn there first uh, corinthians fifteen forty five reads this way and so it is written the first man Adam became a living being the last Adam became a a life giving spirit now now, now think, of, think about that the first Adam and then the last Adam. I think most of us know who the first Adam Adam is. Go back to the book of Genesis. You read about Adam, the first man. Right? Who's the last Adam? Last Adam is Jesus. He's called the last Adam. Why was Jesus able to do this? Because the first Adam was given, uh, uh, was given dominion over the earth. God created man. Created all the stuff all the animals, all the, everything on the earth, and he put man in charge of it. He, he, he made him a ruler. Okay, uh, Genesis 1.26 reads, Then God said, Let us make man, if you can put that up there, in our image, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over, every, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so that was instructions to the first Adam alright take dominion now we know how that worked is because of sin Adam gave up that dominion and pretty soon creation was dominating him right and he was no longer in charge Satan became the god of this world but when Jesus came along as the last Adam all of a sudden he's born and he slides into the earth through Mama Mary right (laughs) But he doesn't carry the sin nature carried through the seed of, of, of Joseph. He was born of God, right? And so he, he slides in into the earth as Adam without sin. And so also Jesus is walking around and he has authority. And of course if you're, you study scripture you know he also when he received the Holy Spirit got power. So it was a power or anointing and authority. But Jesus was authorized to do stuff like this. He could go around, and this is why he could, on that day when the storm was trying to take them all out on the sea, on the right, and they're in the boat, and he could speak to the storm and say, Knock it off. All right. Peace be still. And the wind and the waves would obey him. Well, what is that about? Genesis 126. Take dominion over. Here Adam's back. <laughs> with power, with authority. And he could speak, he could speak to uh, different things. And remember, he, they got the taxes out of the fish. How do you, get, how do, you do that? Of the fish's mouth. And, and, and he, was able to, he, he was able to do things like this because of the authority that he had. Now, um, uh, demons would obey him as well. And people would be shocked. Because people would be demon-possessed. And he'd just tell the demons to come out and they'd obey him. People would say, who is this? Man, he he speaks to demons and they listen to him as well. No one was used to operating in this kind of authority and and, and this life. Uh, Look over at Luke chapter 4, if you would. Luke the fourth chapter. Jesus lived in dominion. He had the right to talk to the lady with the spirit of infirmity. And say, be loosed. And it would happen. It's like he's the boss. It's like he's in charge. And he knew he was. And Luke chapter 4 verse 38 reads, Luke 4, 38, Now he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. But Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever. And they made request of him concerning her. So he stood over her and... Prayed to God, please remove this fever from her. So, wait wait, a minute, why wouldn't he do that? Well, because he was in charge. God the Father was not in charge of those things. I know I'm getting ahead of myself. He's still not, though. Well, I'm just praying that God would do this. Well, Stop. yikes now let's just go back to the master go back to jesus see what he did he stood over her he rebuked the fever he rebuked the what the the fever so he talked to the fever he spoke directly to the fever and what did it do it left her so i guess it heard say it out loud fevers have ears We have evidence of it right here. Fevers hear rebukes. Now, uh, I don't think it's too much of a stretch, but I think if if I can see that a fever can hear people, uh, what about cancer? Would that hear us too? If if Peter's mother-in-law there had cancer and Jesus rebuked the cancer, would it leave too? I think that wouldn't be a stretch to say that if one sickness or disease or infirmity has ears, then the other ones do as well. So this is this is how Jesus modeled. He said, J- J- the Apostle John said, if you're going to say you belong to him, you ought to walk as he walked. So we see what he did and think, wow, look how he dealt with that. Nowadays people don't 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 do that. I, I, I grew up at at. at different times in my life, and going to church, and people would have sickness, you know, we're in the human race, and people have sickness, and, and they'd, they'd go forward for people to, to pray with them, and pray for them. and you'd listen to their prayers, and they would pray, you know, Father, he, please heal this person, they were sincere, they were heartfelt, they wanted people to be well, but they'd say, Lord, heal them, if it, if it be your will, amen, or in Jesus' name, amen, and there was always an if, there's always a question there, right? You might say, uh, if you were to elaborate and give the amplified version of that prayer, you might say it like this, Father, heal him if it be your will, but if it's not, don't. Ultimately, you're going to do whatever you want to do, and I don't have anything to do with that, so why am I even praying? Amen. That's uh, That's the amplified version of that prayer, right? But Jesus didn't do that. He stood over here, Rebuked the fever, and it left her immediately she arose and served them. That's good, huh? <laughs> but basically, so they say, Did, didn't Jesus pray? Well, Jesus prayed a lot. Sometimes he prayed all night. He had a rich prayer life. He would spend much time with the Father, but I've seen, I can see this uh, over and over. We could take time, but we won't. You can see examples of people, Old Testament prophets, Old Covenant prophets, Jesus, uh, Peter did it with, you know, what's her name, Dorcas, the lady that died. What's her other name? Tabitha. Tabitha called Dorcas, and uh, she died. And you see this, is that instead of going right to them or even praying over them, they would pray and then get up and go to the person. In other words, Jesus spent a lot of time with the Father in prayer and then he would go act it out. People would pray and he doesn't give us the details of their prayer like what did they pray but they're praying. They're talking to the Father about the situation. They're seeking, okay, I'm elaborating here but they're seeking wisdom, direction, what to say, exactly what to do but they pray. Then they'd get up and go to the person and rebuke it command life to come in and the dead would be raised and in this case it doesn't say anything about jesus praying at the moment but we know from reading the whole of scripture he spent a lot of time in prayer so we're not talking about us you know just going off on our own doing our own thing we're talking about having a relationship with god and getting direction being led but then when we approach situations like this there's a power and authority there we say things and do things in his name so jesus would pray then he'd just go take care of business amen and it's likewise how how we are are to do things you pray you seek the lord you read the word and then go pick up your sword and start swinging it (laughs) right sword of the spirit the word of god amen and so we are and this is i'm already getting ahead of myself a little bit but the, the scripture says about Jesus, you know this multiple times in, in, in the book. Uh, one of them is Hebrews 10 verse 12. Talks about him being seated at the right hand of the Father. Okay, Hebrews 10, 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. So after Jesus died on the cross, was raised from the dead, he finished all his, his redemptive stuff. And then went and sat down. Kind of the same thing we do. You work all day. You have a task. You have a job. You have things to accomplish. And and when you're done, you sit down. Do you sit down? I sit down. I have a chair. It reclines. I sit down. Now, I don't think the Lord was tired, but he was just finished. When he sat down, he's saying, I'm done. There's nothing else I need to do. Everything's complete, everything's done. Uh, Basically, we could elaborate and say the devil was defeated. All of sin was paid for in full. He fully redeemed mankind from destruction, right? He paved a way for all this to be so, and it was, so he sat down. Now, uh, you can read other places and, and discover this, but he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is sitting on the throne, okay? What does that represent, Well, the throne represents position, represents power, it represents authority. Once you're on the throne, how many know your only job then is basically to give orders? (laughs) When you're on the throne, you're calling the shots because you won the battle, you are victorious. If you lost, you would lose your throne. You would lose control. You would lose the right to rule. He sat down, and so now he has the right to rule and reign and, and, and so forth. So we all know that about Jesus, but something that's also true is Ephesians 2 and verse 6, which reads that we were basically raised, he, it says, he, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So not only is he seated because the battle is won, the work is finished, but also we are seated with him. That means if I am trying to get my victory, I'm not seeing it correctly. If I am trying to defeat the devil, I'm not seeing it correctly. If I'm doing battle, I'm not seeing it correctly. I need to see all of life and all of god 's provision and blessing and will as something that has been provided and done, and now I can sit and enjoy it and when we say sit that doesn't mean we don 't have a job and' don't, it doesn't mean don't don't we don't, 're not physically active we 're talking spiritually we 're sitting in the sense of our faith is resting now we believe in what he has. Finished, So he sat down, and the scripture says, we sat down. Where did we sit? With him. Where is that? On the throne. Heavenly places. Where is it also? Far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that's named. That's in the book of Ephesians as well. So we sit down above all of the kingdom of darkness it's all beneath us what do we do we give orders so how, we can't do that are we seated with him or not or do we see ourselves as beneath man i got this big problem and we see ourselves beneath under the weight of the the you know the problem and the turmoil and the 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 the, the, the sickness the disease it's bigger than me no You are seated with Jesus, and the Father is right there. That's how He sees us, and that's where He placed us. And so this speaks to our own victory in Christ. We're not trying to win. We won. Now we get to sit on the throne with Him. So where's the devil? Way down there. Way beneath us. Not over us well he's oppressing me he's doing it illegally because he knows that you don't know where you're seated amen this is why when we uh, minister and we do deal with sickness and disease on the earth we are not dealing with it as us meaning as human beings separated from god and his power we're dealing with with it as Jesus do we think we're Jesus no we're not confused just in case those people are out there (laughs) you know the kind that hear one thing in church and walk away saying they think they're Jesus over there (laughs) but we do things as Jesus in other words a simple way to say it and I heard of an old time evangelist saying it this way he said, "If Jesus were here, and you had a, a you know a sickness, a problem in your body, we know Jesus would lay hands on you, or Jesus would speak to that problem, like the fever, and he would minister to you and heal you. Jesus isn't here though, in the flesh, like he was then. He ascended." And is physically, you know, spiritually, physically, whatever, seated, in his spiritual body, but seated at the right hand of the Father. However, because he left, he sent us. He sent me as one of them. To do exactly what he would do in his place. And now, just like Jesus would say, fever, get. Get. I'm going to say fever, get. And Jesus would put his hands on people and the power would go right into them. I'm going to do that. And the power will go right into those who need healing. And when I'm doing it, when I'm speaking, and when I'm laying hands on people, it won't just be Mark, the dude from United States of America, (laughs) laid hands on. No, it will be Jesus in me. Laying hands on you. It will be Jesus and his power that goes into you through me. Yeah. Now when I heard that said by someone else, they said it much more succinct. And uh, there I go elaborating on it. Uh, But in other words, he is not here, but we're here in his stead. That's what it means to do things in the name of Jesus. When I pray to the Father, and I say, Father, I ask you, da 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 and I ask you in Jesus' name, I'm basically saying that Jesus is asking you for this. I'm basically saying, Father, this is, I'm coming in His place, in His stead. And He gave us the right to do that in His name, to make request of Him. And when we're in the earth, He gave us the right to deal with spirit of infirmity fevers how in his name even while he was still on the earth i don't know if, totally how this worked but as the last adam his name worked even before he was raised before he died and was raised from the dead he he gave it to his disciples and he sent them out when they came back they were like woohoo <laughs> They said, Jesus, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They're subject to who? To them. To those natural dudes because they use his name. So that name carries weight. And when we say, Jesus, oh, (laughs) hell gets nervous. Demons tremble. And and, and sicknesses go... They lose their grip and start shriveling up. Why? The name of Jesus carries power. And if, I tell you, it carried power when he was walking around as the second Adam. How much more now that he has defeated death, hell, and the grave. He has has been raised from the dead. He is now the king of kings and the lord of lords. All power and might and authority has been invested in that name. I tell you, it is so chock full of glory and power and virtue. It is just amazing. And he said, right before he left, he said, Church, here you go. Go ahead and use that. And he said, and he said, In my name, you will cast out demons. He said, In my name, you will you will you will, he said this at the end, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Who would do that? We would do that. Basically, he said, those who believe would do that. And so, when we say, be healed, guess what? It's the same as if Jesus himself stood here, robed and sashed. Jesus himself in all of his glory, not just as he walked on the earth, but resurrected glory. All power and authority. It's the same as if Jesus stood before you today and said, Be healed. Hallelujah. Amen. I understand sometimes how people have lack of confidence in a human being's ability to fix their problem. I understand that 100%. But what if if we could get beyond seeing that person as just a natural human being and see Jesus then what happens I tell you I tell you it becomes easy I've had this problem for 14 years easy easy yeah but I've been suffering and my family has this and their family my grandparents had it and and they had this and everyone in our family's been an alcoholic or or something like that easy easy Easy. peasy not too difficult why we're, we're, we're comparing it to Jesus. I may have, I may have told you this before. I, I know I've talked to the students about it, but it's happened to me more than once. But where? Uh, and I, and I'm, I look right over here because this is where I remember happening. Uh, praying, praying for individuals. One time I was praying for a lady right here. And as I stood here, and I put my hands on her shoulders... And, I, and I'm saying in the name of Jesus, be healed. I had a, a super awareness and enlightening. It wasn't like an open vision where I saw the Lord, but it seemed so real like he was in my arms, he was in my hands, he was basically embodying my body. And I didn't tell the person there, but on the inside, how many know I'm thinking, we got this. <laughs> And I'm putting my hands, and it's like, I'm just so conscious of, this is not me doing this. I'm just the vessel. I'm the enforcer. I'm I'm executing his will. But it's Jesus in me laying hands on this person. I don't have to know everything. I don't have to be super healer. I just have to be a vessel. And if I do it in his name, here he is putting his hands on people. Hallelujah glory to God and that's been more than once but but the thing is it's not that that's true when you have an experience that's true when you have no experience amen that's true when no one sees anything hears hears anything we are going in his name and he shows up to manifest his glory amen 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 praise God praise God you ready let's 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 pray father thank you Thank you for working in us today.